offer because um, we exist 100% for our cause. And for us, it's eradicating extreme poverty. Um, for us, it's um, not doing the work so much ourselves on the ground from a development perspective, but for us, it's trying to make as much as we can um, to be able to redistribute the wealth to those who need it the most. Um, so that's that's kind of where I guess our passion lies in that. And welcome to the Nice Bottle Podcast. My name is Michelle Ogar. This is a podcast for Africa's opportunity seekers, problem solvers, future shapers, world builders, and entrepreneurs. This podcast is meant to be a platform to encourage, empower, and educate young people in Africa on entrepreneurship, startups, and business. Hi, my name is Justine Flynn. I'm the co-founder of a social enterprise in Australia called Thank You. We sell consumer products in supermarkets and they exist for the sole purpose of ending extreme poverty. So you guys describe yourself as a social enterprise. Um, what does that mean for you? Sure. Um, it's it's something that over the years we have been um, a bit confused, like a few people have been a bit confused on as to what are we? Are we a business? Are we a charity? And we say we're both, like we sit in the middle. So um, we, we sit in the middle. So we're actually owned 100% by our charitable trust, um, which means that no shareholders or co-founders uh, are receiving um, profit from the company, uh, but we exist for the sole purpose of ending extreme poverty. So we then partner with charities on the ground who are doing the incredible work. They're the real heroes in this story. And um, we partner with them. Um, and, you know, there's there's a report that's come out recently that's also said that um, social enterprises needed more than ever right now um, because at the moment charities are free-falling because donations are dropping uh, as economies are struggling. And this is a time where social enterprises are able to make money through the profits that they earn in, within their business model to be able to help and support charities that are in need right now yeah um so i've often sort of interacted with a lot of um, social entrepreneurs and their main thing is just the purpose that drives them um and the sort of triple bottom line idea which is your business doesn't just care about making money or um, growth but it's about purpose you know um what do you guys hold dear as a purpose um and how are you pursuing that how our purpose uh, for us, it isn't just the, um, the the coating of paint on the out. It's actually the, the core of who we are because um, we exist 100% for our cause. And for us, it's eradicating extreme poverty. Um, for us, it's um, not doing the work so much ourselves on the ground from a development perspective, but for us, it's trying to make as much as we can um, to be able to redistribute the wealth to those who need it the most. Um, so that's that's kind of where I guess our passion lies in that. And um, it has come from me. Like I saw poverty firsthand when I was a young girl and I realised whatever I did when I grew up, I wanted to be able to use whatever gifts or whatever I could be good at or whatever I did when I grew up, I wanted to be able to um, make sure that I was um, helping people in need. And so for me, you know, I, I guess that's what I'm doing right now. And when we've been on the ground and we've seen some real live stories, you know, we've seen stories of people going through some really tough times right now in the middle of COVID, it's gotten even worse where you've got so many countries on the brink of starvation. And this is our why, you know, this is the reason why we exist. 
I always think that entrepreneurs that are driven by such a massive purpose, purpose, you know, the thing you guys are trying to tackle is not a small, you know, issue. It's something that's happening globally and it affects people's lives in a very deep, deep sense. I also think that having that purpose makes you as an entrepreneur, but also the team that you guys work with more resilient and more inspired. Um, how important is that purpose for, you know, driving the, the work that you guys do and, you know, does it give you much bigger energy or much stronger energy to do the things that you guys do? It definitely does. And you know what, Mash, it's actually, it, it's, um, you know how sometimes people say your greatest strength is sometimes your greatest weakness? Mm-hmm. I think it's been that for both of us. So like in, in one mm-hmm. sense, it's been our greatest strength because when times have been tough, when we've had knockbacks, you know, in the beginning days, I remember we launched with a product recall. So we launched, mm. we had products sent around the country and we found out that the label was scrunched up to the point you couldn't read it. We couldn't legally put it on the shelf and we had to recall. Then we, ha- then we spent a year getting into 350 customers um, around the country and mm. then our distributor stopped supplying and we lost 300 of our 350 customers. And so we realised oh my gosh, why are we even doing this? And by, at that point, we'd only raised like enough to buy, to, to fund one well. And we're like, do we just give up now? But for us, we were like, no, like we can't give up now because we, our vision isn't just to provide a well um, with, you know, it, for us, it's not even just a community. For us, it's millions and, you know, you know, hundreds of millions of people to receive access to safe water. And so that's what's kept us going is that why along the every knockback, every setback. But the weakness of it is that, and this is one of the biggest lessons that we've learned, is that by having something that's a passion, it is a weight that you carry. And sometimes we found ourselves burning the candle at both ends and giving too much because we're putting all of our passion, all of our energy, and I think we need to give it all. But we didn't realize how much rest was important in the process as well. Mm. Like we kind of thought that, well, we can't rest because people are relying on us. We can't rest because this mission is relying on us. And we didn't prioritize rest. And that had some really bad consequences for for us personally, and that obviously affected the business as well at one point because we didn't we we were giving out of an empty cup, and mm-hmm. you know you can't give out of an empty cup, and we were just give give give. We were doing everything, but we didn't prioritize this rest. So mm-hmm. purpose is good, but it needs to also be balanced, and you know have that mindset as well that you've got to have passion, you've got to give it your all, you've got to go all in. But you also have to remember that you're also such a, a resource to this company and you can't get yeah. out of an empty cup. Yeah. Um, you guys started about 12 years ago. Um, can you say how much um, you, money you guys have plowed back into the communities that you guys are, are really trying to impact? Yeah, we've, we've been able to raise $17 million um, at the moment now. So um, it's it definitely was a hard journey the first three years. Um, I think the first year we raised maybe $7,000. <laughs> um, and the second year, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, and then as we continue to get scale within Australia, um, yeah, now we're looking at $17 million. 
Yeah, just speaking about scale, um, the the challenges that a social enterprise might have versus you know a for profit company or a for profit startup are very very different. Um, can you say what lessons you guys have learned um, from scaling a social enterprise perspective? Yeah. Look, our biggest one for us personally is that we're 100% owned by our charitable trust. So one of the biggest ones for us to keep our model pure is that we don't have um, investors or shareholders. And that's been a challenge because it means that when we want to start a new venture or even in this instance um, scale globally, um, we don't have that financial backing um, that we need in order to do that. Um, And so one of the ways we overcame that, we launched a book um, called Chapter One, um, which Mm -hmm. my husband Daniel wrote and co-founder, and we launched it at a pay-what-you-want price. So we we allowed people to pay what they want for the book and, and that helped us raise a couple of million dollars to launch some new ventures within thank you um, and now now we're selling it at a at a retail price but um, it helped us in those startup days um, to be able to raise some money um, so it's always about having to think creatively on how we can do it um, but it is a challenge um, definitely to scale that is such an interesting concept uh, pay as what you want that yes. sounds so crazy to me <laughs> Yeah, we thought it was a bit of a risk, but it was it was really cool because we had some people were paying like Australian dollar a version of like five cents, which is our lowest currency. And then yeah. um, we had the highest like was fifty thousand um, dollars for a book. <laughs> Even Daniel said, I don't think it was worth that much. But um, we're like, how many copies would you like? <laughs> um, yeah. That's absolutely amazing. Um, so y- you guys are launching a new campaign um, called No S- Small Plan, which I think is also sort of in the same uh, sort of do things differently, think differently, think outside the box, think completely, you know, shoot the lights out, moonshot, sort of, you know, just really out there, right? Um, so it's called No Small Plan to end um, extreme global poverty. Um, firstly, is that even possible? But also, can you please tell us more about the um, the, the campaign? Sure. <clears throat> you just need to give me a moment. I've just got, no I've got a, as I told you before, I've got a baby sitting on my lungs, five months pregnant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, just need to take a glass of water. No worries. It's hard to um, breathe in general these days. Um, So the first question you asked is, is it possible to end extreme poverty? And we believe it is. You know, the the global development goals actually were set for um, zero by 2030. uh, And we believe Mm. that was really really possible. Um, Obviously, now with the pandemic hitting, we are set back. You know, experts are saying that we've been set back probably 25 years, which is really unfortunate um so it means we've got a lot of work to do and i think to your point that you just said before like i think the world is waking up to the fact that we we can't do things the way they've always been done before if we want to see the world changed we've got to change systems we've got to flip some things on their head and say hey let's find another way we can do this and the thing with the thing with charity um, or development work is that it's very complex and this last leg 
um, of critical work that needs to be done needs to be looked at very differently as well. And so we really want to look at working with partners that are looking at entire systems change and, and how um, we, can, we can just really change some of the systems within the development network as well. So that's in for us. And one of the things that we're doing, and I mentioned to you before about the role that social enterprise plays in this next decade, is um, is stepping up to the mark. And look, over the pandemic, you know, I told you before we raised $17 million. Just to give context, it took us 12 years to raise 7.9, sorry, sorry, said that wrong, 12 years to raise $7 million. And then within the pandemic, we raised $10 million alone. And that was because of, you know, the extra spending and the panic buying and the sanitizers. We sell sanitizers and we sell hand wash. And so, um, you know, that for us like was just crazy in itself. And we thought like if we've raised $10 million in the middle of a pandemic, in two of the smallest countries, imagine if we took that globally. Imagine if it was in, in Africa. Imagine if it was in America and UK and Japan, all the countries around the world. Like imagine the scale and impact that we could make. Um, and so what we, uh, you know, I mentioned to you before, it's a challenge for us to scale uh, is by not having the deep pockets that our competitors do. So we've decided we'll go out to our competitors um, we'll go out to two of the biggest companies, the two biggest product companies. We've gone out to Procter Gamble and Unilever and saying to them, hey, guys, um, will you um, uh, make and distribute thank you products and, and scale them globally? Because they're already in all these, you know, multiple different countries. Um, so what we've done is we've asked everybody to come on board and petition with us. <laughs> um, we've said, get on your social media channels, tag in um, P&G and Unilever, hashtag thank you to the world and say, I'm in, are you? So it's something really simple that everyone can do. We've even got a video that we've launched. I'm not sure if you've got to see it yet, the video that we did. Um, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, we've got that at thankyou.co. So you can have a look at that there um and it kind of explains the campaign in a little bit more um with a little bit more creativity um and yeah and so we're just asking everyone to get on board and ask them to come to the table partner with us yeah and and this is really about getting you know really much larger organizations to one play a part in the scaling of this really incredible cause but also um, partner with you guys to scale the impact of that because if they get on board and distribute these products across the world that gives you way more resources in order to drive impact in the communities you guys serve i think that's absolutely incredible um <laughs> i don't even have Thank a question you. actually <laughs> i just um, wanted to say that's like absolutely incredible um what 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 would you say um is 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 something you've learned from just one this crisis of you know COVID nineteen and how it changed or affected your guys' businesses um, during this time. I'm sorry. Do you mind repeating that question again? No worries. So, what would you say you've learned from the sort of accelerated pace at which COVID nineteen has impacted your business and sort of changed or, or influenced how you guys operate? Yeah. Look. 
One of the things about being a startup culture as well is like being agile and being fast. Like we, we've all had to move like most every other company out there to remote working. Um, and, and during the pandemic, like when it first started, it was actually hard for us to meet the increased sales because there was supply chain challenges and we had a lot of problem solving that we needed to do but our team were fast you know the passion that you talked about at the beginning was was driving all of us um, to make an impact Um, but you know it was having that united team being able to be agile and being able to be fast to pivot in everything um, I think they were some of the big things that we've learned in this journey um, for us as a business yeah what would it mean for you and your company um, for Unilever and PNG to say yes we'll do this um, what would that mean and what would the impact look like yeah look we have big dreams of what it could look like like we've given 17 million we hope there's a zero or two on the end of that, you know, uh, in, yeah. in the time to come. We'll, we'll see. Um, and we don't know how long that will take, but we know that by partnering with, with us, one, we can get into more markets and we can get the message out further. But for us, it's all about the impact and how much further impact we can make together. If we were to try and do this on our own, it would take years. Like we learned that when we launched to New Zealand. You know, everyone thinks New Zealand's another state of Australia. It's not. It's its own country with its own market <laughs> and demographic. Yes. And, you know, when when we launched, um, it, we actually learned a lot that there's so much to learn going into a new country. Um, and already these big multinationals already have all of that insight. They've got um, all of the, um, the setup, the staff the resources everywhere so uh it would be it would be meaning that we can make a bigger impact quicker yeah um just finally um what would you say to an entrepreneur or a small business or a startup that's looking to pivot their business to be more socially conscious and have that impact that you guys have and they're inspired by the work you guys are doing um what sort of advice would you have for an entrepreneur that wants to do this Yeah, like I think the biggest one would be is know your why Mm -hmm. and to know, um, so so know your why and know what your mission is and to have that really concrete because it's really easy for, especially when other people get involved and help to, for that mission to drift a little bit and you need to know very, very strongly what is your why. Uh, As I mentioned before, hard times come and you know it's it's that knowing your why that actually helps you get through those hard times as well um obviously knowing your why obviously getting some good um you know accountant and financial advice to make sure that you've got the the model set up um properly as well um for growth in in that process as well um and also i think it's it's making sure that it's genuine you know, like mm-hmm. it's making sure that it's not just a cause related marketing. I think when we started Thank You, there was a lot of cause related marketing. Uh, and I think, especially now post pandemic, people, it's just 
people can see straight through that, you know, um, you know, where it's like people just adding a cause on to try and sell more product where the whole reason is just to make money for shareholders or sell more product, you know. Yeah. Um, so make sure there's genuine purpose there and it's, um, you know, something that you can, that you really believe in. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I really, really appreciate your time. And I think a lot of people can learn from the work that you've done and the impact that you're driving. Um, I'll be sure to just um, add all the links so that people can watch the video um, and they're able to just like learn a lot more about the work that you're doing and join in in the movement to really challenge really massive organizations to backing a social enterprise that's really changing things in the world. And can I just say... With our campaign, actually, Africa has been one of the biggest supporting uh, countries that we've had so far. We've just been so overwhelmed by all the people that have been doing posts, I mean, IU, and petitioning to Unilever and Procter Gamble. And it's been so overwhelming to see, and it's 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 really beautiful. So I just wanted to say as well, to, to in case anyone's listening who's supported, thank you so much for all the support. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you.